produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing, going? It's been one of those crazy weeks. I think we all agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, since we just got six inches of snow last night. Oh, thankfully. I'm looking at one of us, I think. At least, thankfully, we can look at it that as this show airs on Sorcerer Radio, it is... Life Day, guys. Yes, Happy Life Day. Can you believe anniversary of Life Day? What's that? Isn't this like an anniversary? Uh, forty years ago, the Star Wars Holiday Special was released, thus creating Life Day. I just don't remember what day of the week it released on forty years ago. We could look it up at somewhere. I'm sh- sure we could. On a Saturday night. It might have been Probably. a Friday night. I'm I'm not sure. So, um, but yeah. Happy Life Day. Um, also, too, I got to mention, check out the website. Hit all the links for our affiliates. Check out the new merchandise store. Added to the store is another very, uh, another sweatshirt hoodie option and winter beanie hats. Huh? Uh, cool. So thinking about you guys. And I got my jersey from Mighty Marvel Geeks. <laughs> the, the colors are nice. Construction on this is super nice. Um, what they did, like... Uh, I think all our shirts are lace-up collars or lace-up necks. The quality behind this is great. I mean, it's a good quality lace riveted, which they don't do in the NHL right now. All it is is just a slit in the shirt. Um, No, I mean, this is solid. Absolutely. And you guys know, I wear a crap ton of hockey jerseys. I am proud to have our stuff made by Yeti Sportswear. I really am. It's a quality shirt. I think it's definitely worth the price that we're asking at 65 bucks. It's fully sublimated. As long as you don't put bleach in it, it's not going to fade or stain or fade or run. How's that? I mean, is this the, the color are pressed into the into the fabric so um the wookie radio shirt is gonna be superb when you get it it really is and i'm gonna say it right now as we get closer to a release date for the mandalorian we are gonna have a mandalorian armor wookie radio shirt oh really that's gonna look like the the mando armor from the series cool with uh maybe the wookie radio logos on the shoulders that'd be awesome so so that's gonna be coming as well because uh for Mighty Marvel Geeks, we're going to do a, a Captain Marvel and a Spider-Man shirt as well. And then uh, as we get more info about The Last Jedi, uh, we may do something based around it as well. So do a nice little options for limited runs. See what happens. But yeah, I mean, go check those out. It's really going to it helps us bring great content to you guys. Check hitting our affiliate links does as well. I'm working on our new Patreon page where I'm thinking um, one of the things would be that we're going to use our Patreon page for is to help maybe with more giveaways where we may give away a hockey jersey or a baseball jersey or a sweatshirt, whatever you want. Essentially a gift card to the to the store type thing, stuff like that. So things are going to really look look up for us in 2019, I hope. <laughs> so um let's i guess let's get right into uh some star wars resistance all right well 
this week's episode was Signal from Sector 6. Um, and so let's get into a little bit of Bucket's List. Uh, 10 fun facts from Signal from Sector 6. Uh, number one, the return of Poe Dameron. It was nice to see Poe back. And uh, while Oscar Isaac's schedule makes it difficult for Poe to be a regular on the series, he does make an appearance whenever the busy actor and the busy resistance pilot who has other adventures elsewhere in the galaxy can make it work. So actually, I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed seeing Poe and Kaz together flying around in a couple X-Wings. Uh, in fact, number two, kicking it up a notch. In the original outline to the episode, Yeager was to take Kaz to a nearby atoll where Poe and CB-23 had landed their X-Wings. But in the true spirit of faster, more intense Star Wars action, this was restaged to the mid-air transfer to keep the episode moving. So that's why we see Kaz jump into from the shuttle that Ego was piloting, piloting into the open cockpit of the X-Wing that Poe brings to him, which is very interesting. Yeah, I, I would say I thought at first it was one of the X-Wings from the original trilogy when I saw the coloring. I know, me too. <laughs> and then I saw the little notch out. I'm like, okay, it's the it's the Macquarie design used in uh, where, where they took the Macquarie designs and used it for uh, the the current trilogy. Mm. And then um, and then when I saw it and I thought it was from the original trilogy, my first thought was, how old is that X-wing? <laughs> yeah, but not that old, I guess. No. Uh, uh, next up, there's only one BB. <laughs> uh, this one was really interesting because they introduced a new droid. Uh, in early stages, Poe's loner droid was named BB-23, but having two droids named BB would have been confusing, so she was renamed CB-23, which ends up being a nod to Carrie Beck, Vice President of Development within the Lucasfilm Story Group. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that nice? That's and, nice. Uh, yeah, she was an interesting uh droid interesting coloring uh kind of red and light blue and uh a female droid and uh, a bit of a snob in a way <laughs> yeah she was mm, at least at first i think she kind of warmed up at, towards the end of the episode um next up wrath tars gundarks and reeks oh my the creatures that Poe lists uh, as possible hazards abo aboard the freighter. Um, this is the they they were flying in space and they got a distress call from a freighter that had been attacked by pirates and they detected a life sign. So they w landed on the freighter to try and rescue whoever might be in trouble. Uh, but anyway, the creatures aboard the freighter are all beasts that have been seen on screen in other Star Wars productions. Uh, Wrath Towers memorably bowled over Kanju Club and Gwavian thugs in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Gundarks harried Anakin and Obi-Wan in the Clone Star Wars The Clone Wars episode Dooku Captured. And the Reek was the rhino-like arena, arena beast that Anakin tamed in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. We all remember that scene, I'm sure. Yep. yep. Uh, next up is Crate Cannon. Uh, so there's a bunch of animal crates, open animal crates, that are uh, littering the floor of the corridors on the derelict freighter. Excuse me. And it uh, looks like those are the same crates that are used for the puffer pig in Star Wars Rebels. Very cool. Yeah, so the exact same crates. Um, next up, speaking of the crates, we have instructions that should have been followed. So the broken crates aboard the freighter say in Arabish, Arabish uh, caution, handle with care. Reading is fundamental, especially in a galaxy far, far away, as it seems that they were not handled with care, releasing the contents within, who turned out to be Quackian monkey lizards. Oh, hey, yes. Quackian monkey lizards. Everybody oh, hates wait. them. <laughs> Wasn't that a line in the show? <laughs> I believe that was. I think Poe is not much of a fan of them either. 
and the Kowakian monkey lizards have been around for ages since Star Wars Return of the Jedi introduced introduction of Salacious Crumb in Jabba's palace. But this episode marks the first appearance of a lumbering Kowakian ape lizard. This gaggle of Kowakians were voiced by series creator Dave Filoni. Oh, interesting. Uh. Along along with David Accord and Matthew Wood of Skywalker Sound. Interesting. Yeah, the uh, ape lizard was a little uh, interesting. Basically a giant version of the uh, monkey lizards. Pretty crazy. Uh, next up, Nightmare Fuel. According to Amy Beth Christensen, series art director, the design for the Kwakian ape lizard was based off of the idea that if monkey lizards were the howler monkeys of Kawak, the Kwakian ape lizards would be the gorilla. Using <laughs> that as... <laughs> makes sense. Using that as inspiration, the ape lizard ended up with short hind legs with most of the power coming from huge, long, clawed forearms. Its facial features were meant to capture the puppet qualities of Salacious Crumb and are a distorted caricature of the smaller monkey lizards. The beast's tusks and the line of bristly hair running down his spine is a nod to another aggressive creature, a razorback wild boar. Oh, I totally see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, like the, the rest of the monkey lizards had kind of a generic look like they didn't they didn't have as much character as Salicious Crumb, but the ape lizard definitely did. Its facial features definitely had more character to them. Yeah. Uh which is interesting. Um <laughs> Next up, meet the pirate again. <laughs> Stanara is a Mira Miri what is Miri Allen, a species first seen in Attack of the Clones with the introduction of Jedi Luminari Unduli and Barisafi. Especially attentive viewers would have recognized Sonara's pirate allegiance since she appeared in the series earlier. She was seen in the episode Triple Dark, flying her modified Lambda Class shuttle with Craig and Gore aboard, but her face was concealed by a helmet similar to uh, almost similar to Lando's uh, disguise yeah. helmet in a way. But the, the tattoo markings on her, though, are, are similar to the character that you could choose in um, Star Wars The Old Republic in Swodar. Mm. Interesting. I think. Mm. I thought I, there was one that had the hat, the, that type of markings. I've never played that, so I cannot confirm. I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. Um, and then finally, Sonara San style. A close look at Sonara's costume, which includes the boots and belt of an Imperial Scout Trooper, provides a hint of her pirate origins. Interesting. And in a bonus fact, earlier designs of Sonara included studies of her as a weak way, as well as a green-skinned Mary Allen. Interesting. Very interesting. So I like this episode. It was pretty good. It was kind of nice. It was nice to see them get away from the Colossus for a bit. Um, And... uh, Well, I I love the whole interaction between Poe and Kaz with the whole, like, flying through the asteroid belt. Right, yeah. And, and trying that yeah, one that maneuver. Was good. Yep. Yeah, that was good, which Kaz couldn't get until the end. Until the end, which was perfect. Absolutely yeah, perfect. Yeah, that was great when, when he was flying away from the pirate and he, and he did the maneuver off the asteroid and the pirate hit, blew up, flew right into the asteroid. Yeah. Ah, that was good stuff, good stuff. <sighs> Things we absolutely enjoy. And, and I I don't know. You know, people are going, oh, it's a kid's show. It's a kid's show. I I personally have no problems with the show. I am thoroughly enjoying it as an adult. So Yeah. Um, and I think this, this episode in particular helped to uh, show that it wasn't just a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It was a lot of fun. It was a good episode. Yeah, and it was yet, but it looks awesome. The, the couple episodes I've seen were great. It was great to see them flying their X wings together. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and I loved. How do I get in there? You practice your oh, yeah. your your mid air transferring transfer jumps, right, <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have fun. And he's like, in theory, yeah, but um, like, well, have fun. <laughs> And then it's it's interesting that um that Poe his his I don't know if it's his first or his current X Wing is is blue and white and then he went to a black one. 
I I think he has both. Oh, he might. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might. I think he's one of the few that might actually have two different ships. Oh, he's a collector, is he? He could be, <laughs> as far as far as we know. So, but no, it's uh, no. I, I'm enjoying the show. the The only thing that's still bothering me is the the animation of the walking. Still looks mm-hmm. kind of funny, but other than that, the rest of the animation looks great. It's it's just like any other series. Uh, this was what episode six, seven, and yeah. and it's and it's getting better. Um, yeah, but I I can see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, the the walking just feels odd, briefly. Mm. So, I don't know. It, it, I know it's just me. I know it really is. But it's okay. Uh, I get it. I get it. I, but, I, I, mean, I see what you're saying. I mean, it, it's enough to throw me off, but it, it's not enough to, to make me go, I hate the series. Uh, it, it's one of those, I, I'm, I'm overlooking it with no issues at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you something else that's, that I'm really looking forward to. Um, the Mandalorian. Uh, oh, yeah. We we now have our lead. It's Pedro Pascal. It's been cast as the lead in The Mandalorian. Uh, according to Variety, um, you know Pedro has been cast. Uh, it's going pre- it's going to premiere uh, uh, on The Mandalorian, which is the John Favreau Fava Beans on the Disney Plus streaming service. Um, his name has been previously rumored for the role, but sources say he was one of the many actors be- because he was one of the many actors considered. Now he has been offered the ro- the role, and negotiating the negotiations are underway. So it's not exactly exactly a done deal yet but it might as well be there right um favreau is pinning the series which is set after the fall of the empire but before the emergence of the first order so i'm so we're going to assume pre-resistance even yeah i think they said it's about seven years after new hope which is like three or four years after return of the jedi so wouldn't it be cool to see tia sakar appear as uh in sabine's armor on the show yeah. Because that would almost put her about the right age. Her and Zia Soka mm-hmm. um, in live action. Yeah. Would, would we want um, Ashley Eckstein? Because she, she's a little short for the adult Ahsoka. Not really, because if you look, Ahsoka was kind of on the short side, too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I always imagine her slightly taller. And I'm not talking because of the the horn the the horn armature. Yeah, the head tails. The head tails. I I was just thinking just in general because she's almost looking at Kanan eye to eye. She's not looking up at him. But see, I, I could be wrong. I always thought she was kind of short myself. Well, she was in Clone Wars because she was still a teenager, no, not I fully matured. Even, even in Rebels, I thought she was kind of short. Okay. Um. Now Disney recently announced that Dave Filoni who has worked on Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Rebels, will direct the first episode of the series. Uh, Thor Ragnarok director, Takiyo Watiti, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Dopes Rick Famiwa, thank you, and Deborah Cho. No, I don't. (laughs) Um, Rick F. and Deborah Cho uh, from Jessica Jones will direct additional episodes. Favreau is also executive producing the show along with Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, Colin Wilson, Karen Karen Gilquist will also serve as a co-executive producer. So... Filoni is slowly becoming an executive producer, at least on the TV side of things, TV and streaming side. Yeah, I'm looking at this and seeing Filoni's name on this. He's on um, Resistance. He's done all the other ones. I'm wondering if uh, there's been rumors for a long time that he's moving up in the company a little bit. I'm wondering if he's going to take more of a um, Kevin Feige style role for Lucasfilm. I, uh, Maybe. That would be cool. Story or something. We we have talked about that, where, in a sense, Lucasfilm could become its own little mini Disney setup, where Kathleen Kennedy steps into the Bob Iger role for Lucasfilm, which is where she currently exists, mm-hmm. and let Filoni be, like you said, that Kevin Feige, where he's the one who now, once the episodic films are over, with the new Ryan Johnson films, it goes through Filoni. Loney. With the D&D directors from Game of Thrones, it goes through Filoni, and he kind of dictates the way, that, the directions the things go. Yeah. Um, That's what they need. They need someone to actually tell them what's saying, this is where we got to go with this. And, and, it, and I think that's what we're going to get after the episodics. 
Yeah, so you can get some consistency. And- yeah, yeah. So, which is okay because we we kind of had that slight inconsistency with Marvel in the beginning too, um, mm-hmm. partially because of the creation committee, creative committee, which because of their actions led to Feige asking for the separation to so he could create Marvel Studios and be separate from Marvel Entertainment. Um, but you know, you look at the Hulk, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, and some of the inconsistencies with the stories going on and how they all interact. It was once, you know, going from Hulk to Incredible Hulk and Iron Man, it was Iron Man and Incredible Hulk that kind of started to bring that consistency together to, to make everything the way it should be. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Disney is, you know, just to finish off the story, as we mentioned last week, um, Diego Luna is coming back to play Cassian Andor on a prequel series to, to Rogue One. Um as well, but with Pascal, he's no he's no stranger to the small screen. Uh, he has played Prince Oberyn in Game of Thrones, uh, Javier Pena in Narcos, uh, and he's been building kind of a, a, a super strong film resume with performances in Kingsman: The Golden Circle, The Equalizer Two, and the upcoming If Bill Street Can Talk, talking about Memphis, which uh, uh, Kylan yeah. Kylan should should be happy about. Uh, he also finished filming the action pick for Netflix called Triple Frontier, as well as Wonder Woman 1984. So, uh, but that's not all. Gina Carano. Um, isn't she also known as Cyborg in the MMA ranks? I believe so, yeah. Uh, she has also been cast um, in Mandalorian. Uh, her character details are buried deep in the desert waste of Tatooine, but the company's synopsis so far for her is, um, well, they really don't have any. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're just, just the brief synopsis for the show is, after the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travels or travels of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. So I'd be curious to see. This show keeps piquing my interest. Yeah. Did you see yeah, there me too. a bit of casting rumor out there that I didn't put on the list? But um, you see, I, I guess it looks like Carl Weathers may be actually playing a role in this also. I saw that, yeah. I did not I see mean, that. I mean, last time you're Carl Weathers doing anything? It's just a rumor right now, but... All these rumors, none of these have been confirmed yet. I thought they well, had no, been confirmed. Gene has been confirmed. Gene is confirmed, and, yeah. sure. and, 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 pa- and Pedro are both confirmed. Yeah. So, I mean, they're both at this point in time in negotiations. So I, yeah. I don't see where where it's not going to be an That's issue yet. But so, um, but I mean, to hear the music for the show, it's going to be cool. Yeah, that was a segue. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it up right now. Okay. Uh, so, see who writes the music for the show, but we do know who's writing the music for episode nine. It's the same gentleman who's been writing music for Star Wars since 1977. Yes. And by the name of John Williams. But John Williams is not only writing the score for episode nine coming up soon. He has actually gone back and rearranged and re um, reworked across the stars from Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones. It was the love theme if you remember for Padme and Anakin. Yep. Well, he's actually going to um, he's rearranged it for Grammy Award winning violinist and Sophie Mutter uh, for uh, it's going to go on a collection of Williams classics reinterpreted by Mutter to be released in 2019. Now, okay. um, we know he is doing episode nine he, and it as of right now, it's supposed to be the last Star Wars movie he's planning on doing. But other than that, this I'm interested to hear what this sounds like because it just I actually liked Across the Stars. I mean, it was everywhere when it was first released but it was and so it was way overplayed then but it's still mm. it's a, actually I believe I used it in my wedding also so it'll be good to see hear what the um, new interpretation of it will be yeah yeah, that uh, that would be very cool to hear. It's cool to see that he's doing this, considering um, back in October he was in the hospital because he was ill with something when he was in London and Vienna. Yeah, he had. To oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. So hopefully, um, this means he's actually doing much better. And I guess he is still planning on um, trying to get to Vienna because one of his bucket list things is um, to 
conduct Vienna's the Vienna Philharmonic um, next fall with scores uh, with sources for the Weiner Muskevern uh, concert hall. Uh, there was a, I guess it's part of his bucket list to actually uh, play and conduct in the um, Musikverein, whatever it is, this concert hall in Vienna. So hopefully he's going to be back out and do it. There is also um, rumors, and he's supposed to be conducting new scores and new music with Michael Giacchino for um, Disneyland and Disney World Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So the music in Galaxy's Edge is supposed to be Giacchino and Williams. Okay. So to that too. Sounds so interesting. For um, a man who's 86 years old, he's still got a pretty full schedule. Yeah, really. I'm glad to see that that, that uh, little hospital trip wasn't too bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I guess moving right along, you know, it is Life Day, and then we got Thanksgiving coming up, which... Uh, I don't know if we're recording yet next week or not. I guess that'll be a discussion for after show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as we finish. Um, but right around the corner is Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and any other Festivus, Merriamus Festivus holiday there is this time of year. So uh, jazz Festivus. Yes. And as Oddmall, there's an Oddmall in December that they call the um, Chris Hanukkah Kwanzmadan. <laughs> Funny thing about Ramadan, it rotates throughout from year to year. Yeah. So... So this year it might have been in July. Next year it'll be in June. The year after that it'll be in May. It, it's one of those that kind of rotates around. Ah, okay. So, but I'll turn it over to Derek now. I'll shut up. Well, <laughs> with Christmas comes a little trip from a man, a little feller who knows it as Sandy Claus, and he usually brings some fun presents for you. And I tell everybody in my family this, uh, as a Star Wars fan, you can pretty much get me anything Star Wars, and I will enjoy it. Except for that one Christmas when my dad got me stuff, everything that I already had. But uh, I'll, even I'll, then. I'll send you a sticker book. <laughs> so with that, we now have on StarWars.com the Star Wars Holiday Gift Guide 2018. Woohoo! And there's some fun stuff coming out um, that you might want to make note of out there, Star Wars fans. Maybe make a list for your families. And maybe check it twice. And have, uh, have them check it twice. Yeah. Well, well, you don't want them to find out if you've been naughty. So At this point in time, it doesn't matter if you've been naughty or nice. <laughs> oh, you're going to tell that to your daughter? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> in, though. I may, so there will be photos coming soon. I, I may be telling her that on my deathbed, but now, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so for the Star Wars fan out there, there are several things on this list that are interesting. And the first is <coughs> excuse me, Not shop that. Disney's exclusive action figures. Uh, find several exclusive figures at Shop Disney this season, including a bad guy batch from Hasbro Star Wars, the Black Series, including Captain Phasma, Battle Scarred, but not ready to surrender, and everyone's favorite bounty hunter, Zuckus, plus a G. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good looking figure, too. Plus a GNK, also known as Gonk Droid, um, and not and a, a lot better version than the old blue box of plastic that we used to have as kids. I don't know if you guys remember those. Yeah. Um, we also get an R2-D2 complete with serving tray from Return of the Jedi when he was on Jabba's sail barge. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the um, the Phasma um, and the Zuckus are, are black series, just like what you would get at Walmart and Target, which mm. Zuckus is on my list. Um, but mm. the others are are the, the die cast, which almost look like black series, but they're all metal. Oh, no kidding. Oh wow! They're they're an I all metal because uh, Zoe's got the Black Series Gen, but she also has the uh, the Star Wars Elite diecast Gen, mm. and and the same with K two S O. She's got both the oh, Star nice. Wars Elite and the regular Black Series, which to me feels odd to have anything that's not the droids in the metal. In the diecast yeah, metal, that, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, um, but I would definitely go after the R five D four, the R two, and and the others 
with the metal. That and way it feels more accurate. They also have, so they do have an R5-D4 and a TC-14 in this one, protocol protocol droid. Yep. Which is actually, being that that one is chrome and metal. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. cool. TC-14, we see him, her, in... The opening of Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Next up, <laughs> we have we have our mascot, the ultimate co-pilot Chewie. Uh, for fans who speak a little Wookiee, a walking carpet with personality, the interactive Chewie Plus plush features over 100 sound and motion combinations, including laughing, roaring, and <laughs> even snoring. <laughs> Exactly, and even snoring. Uh, it responds in the Wookiee language of Shiriwook and reacts whenever he's in motion. And he is adorable. Yeah. It, th- this um, Chewbacca has spent a lot of time in the styling chair. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He's definitely, um, yeah. He's looks like he's uh, he's, he's been all pluffed up, and yeah. he's so cute though. Just don't make him mad. <laughs> The only problem is this I, is going to have a hundred or hundred twenty dollar um, price tag on it, probably. Probably, uh, of course. Yes. Uh, let's see what uh, it says. One hundred and twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. What was that? I called it right on. I said, what, 100, 150? Oh, yeah, you did. Well, that's okay because this next item is $200, and that is uh, from Eagle Robot. Uh, no matter what size, palace, or battle station you're decorating, there's a piece of art or a comfortable throne for you, courtesy of Regal Robot. You'll like Captain Solo where he is, encased in carbonite. Admire him and the rest of your collection from the comfort of an armchair fit for an emperor with unlimited power. So this is the, uh, basically it's kind of like a bust of the Han Solo and carbonite, which is kind of cool. But again, it's two hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, we talked about Regal Robot before. They have beautiful stuff. Yeah, they do. Yes, yes, they do. Yes. So now, something that should be a little cheaper is the Twelve Days of Socks <laughs> for the fan. <laughs> for the fan who appreciates a practical gift with a little panache and an advent calendar for him or for her that reveals a fresh pair of socks each day. This is made by and Stance, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. They're not cheap. Okay, well, there's that idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna guess twelve pack. Uh, we're oh. probably looking probably close to uh, before I click on the link. I'm gonna say about two hundred twenty, two hundred forty bucks or twelve. No. You're way off. This is, uh, it's actually on sale at JC Penny for twenty for twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. It was originally forty bucks. Okay, didn't. So these are, yeah. Are these really by stance? No, I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. But looking at the other socks of you may also like um 12 days of socks gift box marvel crew socks uh, game of thrones justice uh, league justice league deadpool oh, yeah. yeah so that, that's kind of cool that is yeah actually i kind of like the justice league socks aquaman looks cool so does flash yeah, now aquaman's not cool i mean uh, <laughs> i mean the socks are cool socks too <laughs> Um, well, moving back to Star Wars, uh, ne- <laughs> next up we have Dark Ink. Uh, Darkness rises with a trilogy of Dark Ink prints called Perspectives, paying respect to some of the Star Wars saga's greatest dark side warriors, Darth Maul, Darth Vader, and Kylo Ren, and they look really, really cool. Yeah, those would look awesome side by side on the wall. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, they would. That would be awesome. Also looking really good are the uh, other pieces in the line celebrate that celebrate the serial-style movie posters of the past and the picturesque views of Cloud City and the Forest Moon of Endor. Those are uh, the oh, – I love the, the Cloud City one. That one's beautiful. Yeah. And this next up – hmm? Galaxy, um, the Star Wars movie print there, the old-school serial movie print is only yeah. um, 4 bucks. That's not bad, yeah. It's, uh, it's only 250 pieces, man. Um, hand-numbered lithograph, print oh, edition. Wow. So 16 by 24, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. No. Uh, actually, yeah, the Cloud City one's only $39, so that one's cool. Yeah. These aren't regular posters you're going to go to the store and buy, like, at Walmart. No, no, exactly, no, no. yeah. 
The uh, perspective set of three, however, is one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Woohoo! Yeah, but, but that's that's for, that's for three of them. So yeah, that's what's coming about forty bucks, forty-two bucks each. Yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah. Um, so next up, we have lounge fly bags in the image of galactic hero and lovable astromech R2D2, a faux leather backpack that is sized to fit Death Star plans and other necessities. I, I had, I got, uh, for Melissa, the Epcot 35th one that mm-hmm. is, uh, a figment print. Oh, nice. Uh, I will tell you lounge fly, these mini backpacks, I see them all over the parks and, and they're, they're good quality. I mean, they're not chintzy. Mm. Uh, I want to say this one's ranging maybe around the $45, $50 mark. A little more. It looked. Is it a little bit more? Um, it does look pretty 64. good. 64. 64. It looks um, pretty good. In which, as we open up the site, <laughs> and the link takes you to their site, only 13 left. <laughs> um, okay, wait better you. hurry, kids. Check the shop. Check the shop Disney list. Yeah. Check the shop Disney Parks app. You could probably find it there. Um, like I said, these are, are quality made, and I see a lot of them in the parks, and they're nice. They're even the regular. Their full size bags are super nice as well. Mm. Now I don't know why they included this on the list. Isn't it sold out now? It's been sold out for months. Yeah. So for the ultimate fan on your list, a ticket to Star Wars Celebration currently yeah. sold out to revel in the excitement of the saga from a galaxy far, far away. And if yeah. you happen to get a ticket, good luck finding a hotel room. Yeah, no kidding. It's funny because this is it's Star Wars show. It's Lucasfilm uh, basically runs the show, and it's on their website saying, buy tickets to a show that's been sold out for months. I know, right? <laughs> uh, wow. And, of course, next up we have one of the most popular and most fun items in any Star Wars fan's collection, and that would be Lego sets. (laughs) Uh, In which case they have, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, they have a life-size Porg, which is... I will show it to you guys next episode we record. You got it? I didn't get it. Uh, It's being given... To to the young one whose birthday nice. is this week. Oh, nice. So, yeah. And who will be building it, I wonder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Mm. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, and next up, we have some interesting Star Wars books um, from an in-universe compendium about the galaxy's finest droids, droidography. Uh, to a, a cool celebration, yeah, it looks really cool. To a celebration of women of the galaxy and everything in between, including self-help guides to being more mindful, like a Jedi Master, or as powerful as a Sith Lord. <laughs> I like those; those are interesting. <laughs> one, um, that Yoda one, I saw somewhere last week, and um, it had one of the pages. It was it was awesome. Just little words of wisdom from Yoda. Mm, yes. Be more Yoda, or be more Vader. This is the kind you just leave in that little room where you do your contemplating in the morning. Yes, exactly. And then, uh, this is really cool, too. The uh, all-new definitive exploration of the original trilogy in the Star Wars archives, episodes four through six. I bet that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That should be interesting. So... Next, we have Nixon Watches, a new watch inspired by one of the galaxy's most fearsome bounty hunters, as you wish. Oh, Boba Fett watch. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> yeah, Nixon's got some nice watches, uh, but they run about 120 bucks each, though. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean... But but they're they're known for their their quality. So, but also that's not totally shocking for a watch like a really good watch. So no, yeah. Yeah. oh wow, it even has a temperature on it. That's awesome. Ah. Next up, some new stuff to add to my collection. Hannah Anderson pajamas. Sleepwear for the whole family, including pets. They're so cute. Look at that. Oh, I'm going to have to check that stuff out because um, Cassie wears clothes once in a while. Ah, there you go. Get some Star Wars pet um, pajamas. And while you're at it, you can go to Petco and get some pet toys. Oh, we have in the <laughs> like, past. Yep, we have too. They have a Darth Vader oh. dog toy. Although I don't know. I don't know if having your dog chew up Darth Vader is a good idea. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Bit crispy. What is it? Yeah. 
it all over the house and then how good my dog and next up we have another fun one that I like it, but look at Petco site. <laughs> no, yeah, they have um, a B2 hoodie for dogs at like oh, seven nice. or eight bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I gotta see if this is actually at my store. Okay, so next up, we have uh, Star Wars Jedi Challenges Dark Side Expansion. It's fun to be the bad guy in the new immersive dark side expansion of the interactive Star Wars Jedi Challenges augmented reality experience. Oh, that that is cool. They have an expansion on it. That is that's neat. Yeah, I saw this at Walmart the other day sitting there. Mm. Or the the actual just original starter pack. Oh, really? How, is it was it on sale or is it still? Yeah, it's on, it's for sale. They had a bunch of them in there. I think it was about a hundred dollars or so. Yeah. Um. Through the lightsaber and like your um like a little training ball or something like that. Yeah. Next up, we have Pottery Barn Kids. A new nursery collection means baby's first Christmas can end swaddled in a new blanket, inspired by the quest to defend hope in the galaxy. And forget baby, I want that. That thing's adorable. Uh- <laughs> Okay, so is the baby uh, too. Yeah, whatever. It, <laughs> baby, actually, the the babies always look a little like Yoda to me. Anyway, so there we go. Um, I'm sure why, that blanket. This is why we can't take you anywhere. <laughs> um, I'm sure the blanket's a little small for me, but it's still cute. I still want it. Ah, next we have Box Lunch with their Millennium Falcon Waffle Maker. It's all about the, the schwaffles. Although, uh, the waffle's a little funky looking in that picture, but... <laughs> and then we have W&P's Kitchen Collection. Uh, settle the debate over who's cooking with a galactic duel while donning an apron in a rebel pilot design or one made to look like the infamous armor of Darth Vader, plus a set of lightsaber-handled spatulas. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Oh, and then we have one of my favorites. Oh, here. Hmm? They have a whole series of Star Wars things on their, um, on the site here. Ice molds oh, cool. and glasses and... Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. Star Wars rolling pin. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we have one of my favorites that I my dad usually gets me every year, and that's the Hallmark Ornaments, which we also have have talked about in previous yeah. episodes. Uh, I, have to get, I have to get that R2 one. I know. The R2 is awesome with the Porgs. <laughs> Surrounded by inquisitive porgs. Yeah. C3PO. The I like the decapitated C3PO head and the Santa hat and uh the Millennium Falcon. Some good stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Hey. Hmm? Just agreeing with you. Speaking of the holiday special, <laughs> this works out nicely. Sideshow collectibles. Yeah. Uh, oh, this piece is gorgeous. Isn't it? Celebrate the Star Wars holiday special with a Boba Fett six scale figure in the image of the brightly painted animated bounty hunter who first debuted on the nineteen seventy eight television film. The imposing figure equipped with blue and yellow colored Mandalorian armor and a twin pronged electro pole joins the hot toys lines of exquisitely detailed and expensive figures. <laughs> <laughs> not that bad. It's only $200. No, no. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. A little out of my price range, but not bad. Uh, and then we have uh, some deal stuff. Uh, some of the best Star Wars sales happening from Black Friday through Cyber Week, including 20% off key items from Regal Robot, including Mandalorian skulls, ooh, cafe tables, director chairs, and a throne fit for an emperor. Oh, yeah, that thing is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a free Little Bits Rule Your Room kit with the purchase of a droid inventor kit. Uh, 25% off all Star Wars OtterBox cases for a limited time. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, here, here's my only problem with the OtterBox cases. Uh, I use OtterBox for my stuff mm-hmm. and for me it's i use the defender and um currently my phone is the captain america defender case mm-hmm. everything else is uh is like two levels down from the defender i mean they're all gorgeous looking cases but for me they do nothing to help protect my phone Mm. Not with what I do. Hmm. My problem is they don't make an um, OtterBox for my phone. Ah, yeah, that's a problem. 
Um, so some more some more deals. Twenty percent off all Star Wars items from Fan Wraps. Uh, you can save up to thirty five percent off and up to three hundred dollars off select items from Sideshow and Hot Toys. Oh wow! Twenty five percent off select Dark Ink Star Wars prints. Up to fifty percent off select Star Wars Authentics from Tops. And an exclusive StarWars.com offer at AT Cross Pens and Stationery to save 50% on all Star Wars clicks and click pen and journal gift sets November 21st through the 25th using code SWFRIDAY18 and 30% off some Star Wars products on November 26th using SWCYBER18. Ooh, ooh, and there are special deals on the Star Wars Jedi Challenges starter kit and new kylo ren lightsaber controller cool and yes and finally 40 percent off everything from pozu excluding pre-orders from alternative black friday okay and finally there's one last item to talk about and uh i like it it's pretty interesting and it is the Darth Vader, uh, the excuse me, the levitating Darth Vader helmet. Um, and it says the description one of the most infamous villains of all time, Darth Vader, a lord of the Sith, used the power of the force to impose the Emperor's evil will for decades. Now, only from the Bradford Exchange, the thrilling power of the dark side sculpture lets you experience the dramatic dominance of the force up close and personal using the innovative technology technology of electromagnets this limited edition star wars collectible showcases a levitating sculpture of darth vader's iconic life-sustaining helmet and face mask to create a stunning presentation expertly crafted with intricate detail this distinctive star wars sculpture features a darkly gleaming helmet that floats and rotates in mid-air above a hexagonal base inspired by darth vader's meditation chamber plus with the flip of a switch, eerie red LED lights shine up and under the floating helmet for eye-catching theatrical effect. If you're a fan of the history of making Star Wars franchise, and I'm guessing you are if you're listening to this show, <laughs> you don't want to miss this officially licensed tribute to the power of the dark side. Intense demand is expected, so hurry, order now. And that you can find on Amazon for the low, low price of $179.99. But it is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And now my jaw hurts, so I'm going to let somebody else take over. Well, (laughs) I'm going to take over uh, with the next story, but it's not that cheery of a story. Um, Mm. I mean, it it deals with Star Wars and Marvel, which I want to say, you know, Stanley, uh, you will be missed because I once. Oh yeah, so I want to say he was partially responsible for bringing Star Wars to Marvel the first time, most likely. So, um, following Marvel firing Chuck Wendig from the announced Shadow of the Vader miniseries, fans wondered what the fate would be because uh, we know um, there was, you know, it was announced at New York Comic Con with StarWars.com previously describing the series as each issue will feature a different set of characters. Issue one is a Friday the 13th homage with Vader hunting down kids at summer camp. Uh, issue two stars the one and only Will Rowe Hood. Uh, issue three centers on a morgue attendant on the Death Star. Issue four diverges to the focus on the acolytes of the beyond. And issue five follows a New Republic pilot whose parents were killed by Darth Vader, who joins the resistance to only learn that Leia's father is the Sith Lord. Now, when Windig got let go, he had uh, three or four three or four of these completed. Um, let's see. Uh, the quote was from him. Today I got the call. I'm fired because of the negativity and vulgarity that my tweets bring. Seriously, that's what Mark, the editor, said. It was too much politics, too much vulgarity, too much negativity on my part. Uh, Wendig wrote on Twitter. My understanding over this call was that Marvel 
was a decision not that this was a Marvel decision, not a Lucasfilm decision, but I cannot really confirm it. The editor said that he had made the call, seemed generously, generally upset at my tweets and profanity. So maybe that's accurate. And again, that is his right to do so. Uh, If they honestly feel that my presence will damage the book, I don't want that. I want the book to shine and artists like um, Ramirez and Smallwood uh, to do their amazing thing. Artists like that are gods in my mind, so I'm happy not to distract from their literal magic. But it does not set a troubling. But it does set a troubling precedent. Once we, one we've already seen, James Gunn, Jessica White, and so on, of folks fired because they riled up the wasp's nest of Astrogate. So, um, Wendek has previously con- had previously confirmed that he had written three of the books, leaving fans to wonder if a new writer would step in to bring the series to its conclusion. Um, so now, a series that was supposed to be released in 2019 um, is permanently on the back burner, mm. if not scrapped. So, oh, that's a shame, but. Yeah. It, it's crazy how the fans it's, it's so double-sided mm. i mean Wendig goes like this but yet when other marvel creators have done the same thing nothing truly happens so um i don't know well a lot of his, um chuck Wendig's star wars stuff has um, been pretty divisive anyway his aftermath series there's a lot of people that like it but there's a whole lot of people that didn't like any of that also so some of that could have gone into the decision here also yeah i i thought aftermath it started really slow and it was hard to get in but once you got to the end of it i think it paid off it was a matter of you had to get all the way to the end of the sh- series before you could the three book series before you really got that really good payoff mm. A great payoff, but it was enough that it made it worth what read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about him. Well, unfortunately, this is the vocal minority, the social social justice warriors doing their thing. Just like they all came out when Stanley died. Oh, why? Go ahead, honor the death of someone who was, mm-hmm. you know, discriminatory. I'm like, uh, wrong. He's probably one of the least discriminatory people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the least likely to be a racist. The the sexual allegations were all proven to be false. It was someone just trying to get in the limelight, mm-hmm. take advantage. Of, of a scenario where, you know, when Stanley's handler, manager, whatever, was let go and there was no one running the ship, some, you know, it was just people taking advantage. But, oh, well, it's, no. Um, I mean, sorry to see see him go. Sorry to see the series has eventually been canceled because I would love to have seen it. Um, yeah. Maybe rework it with a new, new writer, whatnot, and let's maybe see it released next year around Halloween. Plan it right. It, it could start last week of September, release one a week leading up to Halloween. Mm. So, but yeah, that's one Star Wars series that I will not be adding to my collection since it's not going to exist. Yeah. Which well, stinks. Yeah, that that's terrible that all this happened. But not all the news is terrible. No. Because we got some news this week also. I, we actually called this happening. I think this news is one of those that is... It's a great rub back into the the face of uh, oh yeah <laughs> the social justice warriors. Yeah, well, this was what we actually called back even when this movie was released, and that is the solo Blu-ray. The numbers for the um, initial release of the solo Blu-ray are starting to come in, and it looks like in the first week it sold almost eight hundred million copies. Now, this compared to um, uh, we have at Geek Furious actually tweeted this out: hashtag Solo a Star Wars Story sold seven hundred. 89,549 Blu-ray units in its first week comparing to hashtag The Last Jedi which did 1,772,048 in its first week. Um, I've been saying Solo would do well off and it it did. It says hashtag Edge of Tomorrow numbers but it actually more than doubled that movie's 350 million in the first week. So um, yeah, it didn't do the um, numbers of The Last Jedi but if you put that up against um, Rogue One and um, some of the and things like that. I get. I bet you this was just as good. It looks like basically the numbers for the solo are showing that people 
people were actually checking it out when they didn't go see it in the theaters. Right. Just what we were saying. It was that no one has said this is a bad movie at all. It's just they didn't go see it. And part of it, even in the article here, it talks about how um, there was an uncharacteristically lackluster marketing campaign from Disney, um, which they did. They shot themselves in the foot by giving it a limited window for the marketing. Um, undersold the movie and um, ser- or undersold the movie serving as the story between of um, Han and Chewie's budding bromance and didn't put enough spotlight on the movie's actual lead character or the strengths of the actor playing him. There was very little of actual Han in those trailers. A lot of it was Han and Chewie. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and so we, and we've talked about a lot of this before, that how Solo was the first one that actually had a disappointing box office, but also Disney sh- shot himself in the foot by putting it out, what was it, two weeks before Avengers Infinity War? Yeah, yeah. it, it <clears throat> sat right in the middle of Deadpool was coming out, what, the week after? I mean, it, I think it was for Deadpool. No, it was... It was after it was Avengers, then Deadpool, Deadpool then, then then Solo, and then Jurassic World or something after yeah, that. Yeah, right. It was one of those. They should have moved it later in the summer. Mm-hmm. They to put it. Remember when you look back at the last summer, there was nothing in August at all. It would have ruled August the entire month. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Disney basically shot themselves in the foot of the box office on this one. But people are actually getting the Blu-rays and are enjoying the Blu-ray now. Uh, it does say um, Solo still as of right now is the slowest or the lowest selling Disney era Star Wars movie on home video um, and these numbers come from the numbers.com and their first reports on the opening of each movie uh, have the following frame of reference the force awakens uh, in the the begin with sold three million four hundred twenty thousand blu-ray discs and for 800 or 85 million or the, I think this is the total sales for 85 million three hundred seventy six thousand dollars in revenue Rogue one had a total sales of um, one point Eighty-two million uh, discs for $338 million. Last Jedi ended up coming in at $1.77 million with $40 million in revenue. And, as, and for just the one week, Solo had $789 million for $18,396,000. But that's in one week. So we'll see where it right. goes once it's been out for a little while. And it says that uh, Solo has been selling fewer Blu-rays than any other of the three Disney-era Star Wars movies. Um, should be of little surprise, considering that it did much poorer in um, theatrical box office. But even still, these they're really good numbers for a movie that crawled pa- um, that crawled past the $213 million line in the U.S. It just barely made more than $213 million in box office. Right. Um, it says as a frame of comparison between Solo and another movie that performed similarly was Logan. In the production budgets between Fox's um, Logan and Disney's Star Wars, the demographics matched for both movies. Uh, where, there it goes. Uh, and are, uh, yeah, uh, demographics watching both movies are as different as night and day. Both ended up with some similar box office totals. And so far, Solo is exceeding Logan by over $2 million in Blu ray sales. So when you compare it to another movie that was the same, did the same box office, the Blu ray sales are blowing that amount, blowing it out of the water. So it looks like the Blu ray sales are actually looking good for this. Hmm, good. So it would, like I said, that's what we were calling it before, that as soon as this comes out on Blu-ray, people are going to fa- actually start to find this, and they're going to tell everybody else, no, you really get, do need to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well... I, I think it's funny. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of talk. Oh, we're going to boycott. We're going to boycott. And mm-hmm. now all those people who regretted it are, are buying it now and going, wish we saw it in the theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if Disney would maybe in January do a re-release, how it would do. Yeah, but I don't see him doing a, a re-release. No, but yeah, that would be interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe do a, um, some special features with it or something. If they marketed, you chose to boycott it. <laughs> In a world where you chose to boycott due to The Last Jedi, we're going to re-release Solo, a Star Wars story, just for you punks. Do you feel lucky now? Yeah, I'd do a 3D upgrade to it or something, because I, I don't remember if this was released in 3D or not. I don't think it was. I, I don't remember either. Yeah, I didn't see but it. But there were, there were moments that would be superb for 3D. Yeah. So um, I think that's going to bring us to a close. Okay. Uh, I do have one final thought. Uh, who Who is this? Uh, Disney Information or WDWinfo.com put this out. Apparently, Disney is designing a new lightsaber that it extends and retracts just like the film versions. Uh, they put out a, um, a, a new patent application. Um, 
And while it may not cut through solid steel, it will have an <laughs> advantage that over toys and replicas by the fact that, um, as they put it, it's a sword device with retractable, internally illuminated blade. Outlines a lightsaber design, which allows the quote-unquote energy blade to shoot forth and retract in a way that properly mimics the iconic weapon's use in the Star Wars franchise. So I'm wondering if they're doing this for use with the one ride attraction that's supposed to be happening in a Galaxy's mm. Edge. Mm, um, currently, if you want to walk the path of a Jedi, you have two basic options. The cheaper choice involves purchasing a toy with a telescoping blade with larger mm. segments near the hilt and smaller segments near the tip. Um, of course, not very film accurate. Or for more mm. money, you get one that has a fixed blade and looks closer to the movie ones when lit. But cannot extend or retract at all. And if you don't want it, it has the removable blade, and then you just put in a an opening filler to protect the insides, and you just mm. store the blade somewhere else. Uh, Ultra Sabers is known for is one of the more popular companies for this. Um, so. Uh, so the site goes, remember that, that iconic scene where Mace Windu stopped to screw in his purple blade before battle? <laughs> nope, neither do we. <laughs> um, so anyhow, Disney's new lightsaber tech aims to recreate both aspects of the weapon, allowing the extension and retraction, uh, but the believability of a brilliant blade as well. Uh, the patent application describes briefly, the inventors recognize that there is a need for a new special effects device that could be used as a theatrical prop toy or collector's item that effectively simulates fictional energy swords, including lightsabers found in many popular films, particularly the, the sound effect or the special effects device or energy sword, lightsaber prop or the like, especially configured to provide an extendable retractable energy blade that appears to be imminent from the from the handheld from a handheld hilt due to a lighting effect that appears to provide bright hilt based lightning so um so yeah i mean this thing looks cool looking at the the, the specs for it it's it's kind of cool um mm. I, I if disney has done this then there there's we're going to see it eventually probably well, within the next couple of years if i remember right weren't they promising something like this when they mentioned galaxy's edge i think that so. this, would be, this is something they mentioned that it looks like they finally figured out how to do it yeah cool yeah because uh, let's see, attractions, upcoming attractions for it. You got the Falcon attraction, the Star Destroyer attraction. Um, there's supposed to be one where you you get out of the car halfway through, uh, and it's where the they keep the uh, um, at ats. <sighs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's one of those. So I'd be curious to see. You guys have any final thoughts? Uh, actually, I have one little thing. Uh, I thought we could do something a little fun here. I saw on StarWars.com while I was looking for the resistance thing, this fun little quiz. It's only eight, eight quick questions. And it's uh, it tells you what kind of dish you should have on Thanksgiving since Thanksgiving is next week. So okay. I'll ask you, I'll ask you guys the questions, and you can pick your answers, and we'll see what you guys should take, and then I'll tell you what I got. Okay. So are you ready? Uh, I'm trying to find this quiz. <laughs> All right. Are you question number one? Are you hosting dinner or traveling with your dish? Uh, I'm always the host. I'm walking to a neighbor's house. I'm driving to see my family, or I'll have to fly there. There's your drive to see family myself uh we're usually right. hosting can drives hang on a second let me find let me find this now like where's this located it's on star wars.com yeah. saw it earlier yeah. see it at the moment yeah i don't i don't see it at the moment do you prefer something savory or something sweet uh, that's a loaded question <laughs> well you gotta pick one i gotta pick one uh, i gotta hear why am i not finding it i'm gonna choose sweet okay we'll just All keep right. it I, i'm gonna say savory All right, where are you guys finding this at <laughs> <laughs> Go under news and blogs on the website, and it's like fourth or fifth story down. It has a porg, porg pumpkin pie on the um, co cover picture. That's why I saw it, because I'm like, what is that? Porg pie. And, all yeah. Right. Number three, which Star Wars character would you most like to bring to dinner as your guest? Jabba the Hutt, Chewbacca, Cassian Andor, or C-3PO? One more time. Jabba the Hutt, Chewbacca, Cassian Andor, or C-3PO? Chewie. Chewie. 
Number four, what's your favorite main course for Thanksgiving? Turkey, ham, something vegetarian, or a vegan dish? Turkey. It's um, got to be turkey. Exactly. Mike? Uh, I, I said turkey. Oh, okay. Number five, this year you'll spend the holiday with friends, family, my beloved pet, or myself. Oh, that's just sad. Uh, family. Ken? That's family. Family. Are you side by side? Yeah. Oh, I'm running it on mine too. <laughs> what's your favorite pre-Thanksgiving dinner activity? Watching the parade, running in a turkey trot, cooking, or setting the table? Watching the parade. Watching, watching the parade. All right. What will you be doing after you're done feasting? Watching the game, taking a nap, getting in line for Black Friday, or heading home as quickly as possible? Watching the game. Not an option. What? Uh, watching Star Wars is not an option. <laughs> it nope. The game probably. That's surprising, huh? Yeah. Watching the game. All right. All right. Final question. What's your favorite holiday dessert? Pumpkin pie. Any kind of pie will do. Cookies or cake. And this would be pie. I, I'm gonna. I love pumpkin pie. I also love Dutch apple pie on Thanksgiving as well. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to say between not all pie options, but any kind of pie is gonna have to be. Okay. And what did you say, Ken? For me, it would have to be pumpkin pie out of those oh. options. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, Mike, you got. You should make a porg potato. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> little potatoes little, like, shaped like porgs uh, <laughs> and Ken you got you should make pumpkin spice Ewok cookies <laughs> 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 when I did my quiz, I got I should make Millennium Falcon shaped ice cream. <laughs> uh. So there you go. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> On that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! <laughs> Prisoner transfer from cell block 1138.